Welcome to the Command Line Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Command Line Gideon, a self-proclaimed hacker, eccentric, and hacktivist. This is my show about the practice and profession of programming, drawing on well over a decade of professional experience and a lifetime spent hacking, the intersection of technology with society and public policy, and anything else clever, elegant, or funny that catches my mind as a diehard technology geek. Sorry to have missed last week. I had been keeping up a pretty good every other week cadence up until that point. As we'll get into in the main part of the discussion this episode, definitely thinking a lot about motivation, both uh, my lack of it last time, that's really all I have to point to for putting it out there. There's a few extenuating circumstances in terms of um, just some personal stuff going on, stressors and whatnot. Don't really bear going into nothing that anyone need concern themselves about. Some of them obvious, like the storm that's hitting uh, the East Coast, in particular the southern tip of Florida right now as I'm sitting down to record this. If you don't know, if I haven't mentioned it recently, I have family in that area. They're all safe at the moment. They're battened down. They've been there for decades, so they're well prepared. Of course, all the same, uh, I hold a lot of worry and concern, and I'm following the news closely to make sure that they weather that well can make it a little bit harder as a consequence, uh, understandably, when focusing in on that as a priority to make time for other pursuits. I'm happy to, to find some time to sit down, though, and feel, I think, enough that that will be okay to share with you a discussion that I hope sparks some more discussion. I've actually been very gratified in mentioning the IRC channel on Freenode. You can find it at CMDLN or you can search for the command line podcast. It should pop right up. We've had a few people join. We've had a couple of good one-off discussions in between the episodes. And I hope by continuing to remind people that it's there, that this forum exists, that we'll get a few more people week after week and we'll be able to spark more of these kinds of discussions, sharing some, uh, experiences from the the work that we do as technologists and and creatives uh, from time to time, sharing uh, some support. I know some of my listeners also are in the affected area. I hope that uh, Claudio, as he hears this, uh, has weathered that well. I I know that he had some anxiety about the preparations. He's right down there in Miami, so unfortunately fairly close to uh, some of the stronger weather they're going to get on the East Coast. Uh, So, I'm enjoying it. I think it's a it's a small but growing community of listeners, and I'm happy to facilitate that space and think about the right kinds of prompts and questions uh, to to feed and follow people's interests. Of course, you're always welcome to come in with questions and ideas based on the discussions in the show, and I'll share uh, as I have hopefully some of the more interesting conversational threads that arise as a consequence of that to feed back into the show, and again, hopefully have that virtuous, encouraging cycle going on. I often struggle with motivation. I know from the outside that may be hard to appreciate. It seems like I have a pretty high level of creative output. From my perspective, though, there are days where, for a variety of reasons, whatever tasks I have in front of me, just don't spark my interest. Sometimes that's just flat-out lack of energy or appetite. Other times that's perhaps more which task it is. Uh, My interest needs to be harnessed to something that I need to get done, usually on the professional side, to a schedule or to a commitment, but my energy is elsewhere. 
my interest and curiosity follow things uh, other than what I need to immediately get done. There are a variety of strategies that I use to try to deal with this. When my energy or interest is just flat out low, especially if I'm on a deadline, the best thing I find to do is just to start working. It goes back to writerly advice I've heard. Maybe you've heard it too over the years again and again. You have to just sit down in the chair and work. You can't always have the luxury when working, especially in a large project, to wait for inspiration, energy, and motivation to come to you. I often find it's it's kind of like physical exercise. That's something I struggle with. Uh, I dread it. I don't really want to do it. I don't feel like uh, there's as immediate a reward uh, as I might like with other pursuits where I'm making something. At the end of doing some coding, crafting, uh, a beer, uh, there's something tangible there. With exercise, definitely when I do it more habitually, I just I feel better. I know I feel better. But after any given one, unlike uh, an unhealthy habit like binging on a bit of my favorite food or drink, uh, there isn't that immediate reward. However, when I overcome that inertia and get into motion, I invariably feel better than I expect. I think that's true of my creative pursuits as well. Once I get sort of the mental muscles in gear and feel them start to warm up, often then the motivation and the energy follow on from that. When that's not the case, sometimes I have to prime the pump a little bit. Uh, There might be certain aspects that are peripheral to what I'm trying to accomplish that maybe are, are still close enough and worthwhile to pursue, but they spark my curiosity a bit more. Pausing. Just observing, noticing, noting where uh, that curiosity is uh, can be helpful. And then just feeding it, fanning the flames a little bit. That can then drive up my motivation. And where it rises in one place, in general, I think it uh, increases overall. If I finish something I'm more curious about, I'm still in sort of a good working frame of mind. It's easier to turn over to some other aspect of a project, some other area of code that's perhaps more needful, but now I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm not ready to stop. I'm still in motion. I want to stay in motion. So sometimes you can uh, work with a variable interest and leverage sort of a center of gravity that might be slightly off access to give a bit of a boost where you need to be doing some work. Of course, This is most helpful, I think, where you've got some external pressure. You have a deadline. You have a commitment that you need to reach. It's easier, I think, to dig in and find some motivation, however minimal, to kind of spark things and get moving. Absent that, of course, you can probably just uh, force yourself. You can come up with an arbitrarily imposed self-deadline or self-commitment. I will get this done. I will do X amount of work per week. I will finish this particular feature request on my side project uh, before I go off and do something a little more relaxing. That doesn't always work though. Um, Maybe you need a stronger sort of agreement with yourself. Maybe you need to be more intentional with that reward right to say, I'm going to spend an hour coding on this project, uh, whether it's on the professional side or just something you're doing out of fun. uh, And then I'll allow myself an hour of uh, binge watching some TV, reading a book, listening to some music, whatever it might be. At other times, even that's not enough. And I know, and I've talked about this on the other more personal short podcast, there are just down times 
uh, where no amount of sort of cajoling and negotiating with myself is going to get me over the hump. As long as that is not the sort of predominance of time, I think occasionally it's okay to just let the brain rest. I think there's certain advantage in doing so. Sometimes our best ideas come when we just allow ourselves to be a bit fallow, as it were, rather than overworking. I think you can you can overexert mentally and uh, just feel like you don't have the strength to pursue things. And if you just allow yourself to relax, then uh, sometimes the motivation and energy will come after that, after a bit of uh, a rest. I like to keep a notebook handy at those times when I am feeling those lulls, not with the expectation that I'm going to fill it, but just on the off chance that some idea strikes. If I still don't have the energy to kind of get up at that point, at least I've captured it. And in some ways, it's almost like banking for those moments where I do have a bit of energy. Then I've got a list of ideas. I've talked about this rain barrel document that I keep that's very similar, although I don't always have an electronic device. So I literally have a paper notebook that I use for this purpose to transcribe into that master document. It can make it easier, as I said, as the energy starts to come back up, as I feel uh, rested coming out of those lull times, to then have uh, a good choice of things to dig into and kind of sense out, again, like I was talking about, where there might be some curiosity or interest to dig in. Having too big a list also can be a problem in terms of motivation, being able to choose among them. Sometimes that uh, dilemma of choice uh, is uh, overwhelming. There's just, you don't know where to start. And uh, I, I guess for me, that often is uh, where I go a bit broader, even still to see if there is maybe some external factor that might cause me to lean one way or another on my laundry list, or again, just uh, taking a pause and listening quietly, seeing if there's something that ever so slightly kind of peeks out at me a little bit more that I might want to lean into. Something I do on some of my productive days with a list like that too is maybe thin slice through the lot of them. Maybe it's okay to pursue uh, a little bit of each of those things just in sequence. Spend 15 minutes, half an hour doing a little bit of writing, an equal amount of time doing a little bit of coding, a little bit more time planning on the home brewery, and so on. That actually can add up to feeling like a very well-rounded productive day in my experience. I haven't done a super deep dive, which sometimes, and I'll get to this a bit more in it, on its own, uh, can be a bit of a drawback, disappearing into a creative problem to the exclusion of others. Doing that more well-rounded approach has a different sort of satisfaction to me. Actually, the more I think about it, I think I spend at least one day a week doing exactly that. And maybe now sharing it with you and thinking about it out loud a little bit, it is uh, exactly for that reason, that feeling of accomplishing many small things. I don't feel fractured or frazzled. Rather, I feel like each builds on the other, even though it's not the same project. They're usually unrelated. It may not seem like you can get a lot done on a big project, working just a little bit of time in this way on a, a more assorted list. However, I have to say, if you get to be habitual about it, which I increasingly realize I am, it really does add up. I think that maybe is one of the keys to my ongoing creativity, is rather than going long on any particular creative project for a length of time, I build in small windows on a regular basis 
to just chip away at each. Something that is achievable and has a definitive sense of accomplishment. So sitting down and writing out some notes for a podcast episode, doing the recording work or, or mastering for a, an episode, doing uh, distinctive planning, uh, shopping and supplying for homebrew projects, uh, for coding, just picking a small uh, achievable bit of documentation work, feature development, uh, troubleshooting, even just linting and cleanup on a code base. These add up, I think, much more quickly than we realize when we think about the overall scope. It can be overwhelming to think about a large effort. What is often counterintuitive and surprising is how quickly that burns down if we're just consistent at approaching it. It may be easier to find the right level of motivation for those smaller tasks too. It, it, it may give us a bit more opportunity to negotiate in terms of, well, I'll spend 20 minutes coding, then I'll spend 20 minutes doing some exercise or some music or something like that. So you feel like you're not necessarily bogged down on any particular thing and you're getting more of a sampler of the things that really drive your interests. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, maybe it's me. I'd be curious to hear how other people uh, uh, approach that, whether they find their motivation and interest falls more strongly one way or the other. Definitely at times find that uh, sometimes uh, my mind tends to a lot of small things and it's okay to, to, to give in to that and to feed that much more intentionally. As I alluded to, I do think there's a risk, at least for me, and, and sometimes having two diverse interests. It may be the case that my energy is overwhelmingly focused in and really driven by one task, and another is uh, much more needful, is much more pressing. I'll give a good example for my professional life, one that's that's fairly recent. Uh, you get to a point in your career, I think, as a even as a senior contri contributor, where you're expected and it's helpful to your teammates and to your employer to work on things beyond just individual contribution, whether that's peer mentoring, doing a little bit of process management or project management, or if not outright leadership. For me recently, that's taken the form of as much as I'm getting back into more sort of independent contributor work, uh, even in the context of uh, sort of development or developer operations, uh, doing some uh, agile coaching and facilitation for a shop that's, I think, uh, to brag a little bit, one of the, in my day job anyway, one of the, the better shops I've been at that, that uh, embraces sort of the core tenets of this approach to work. At all events, uh, I have been in the past and I'm being asked again to do that facilitation work to help a team really self-organize and have the right kind of parallel discussions to reflect on how to be effective, how to, to move through that team progression of forming, norming, storming, and performing to getting to be a very mature and capable, uh, high-value, high-performance team. There are days where I really enjoy that work. It's about facilitating great conversations, laying a table well, inviting people to bring their best ideas, and amplifying the threads that emerge as people collaborate and brainstorm together to understand how it is that they want to do things, how they're already effective, and what sort of experiments they might undertake to learn how to be more effective yet. There are other days where all I want to do is code. It really is my first love, and it can be hard for me to pull back from that. I sit down, and I know, uh, like this past week, I wanted to conduct 
the very first retrospective for this new team that I've joined. This is a team that's embracing Agile in a slightly different way, one that I'm not as experienced at. If you are familiar with a couple of different methodologies, uh, they utilize Kanban versus a Scrum, which is the predominance of my experience of Agile. Kanban's more flow-focused, as I understand it. It's a bit more on-demand. There is still a sense of sort of prioritization, but there isn't as much a focus on time, per se, as there is on, on effort, how long it takes to get something done. And doing your forward planning more on this notion of cycle time and limiting the amount of work in progress. So it's interesting when I find that curiosity to kind of dig into those differences, but again, not always maybe my first choice and definitely in thinking about this retro, having a very crunchy, deep, interesting coding project at the same time, it was a struggle to shift over to spend even the minimal time needed to really dig into some of these definitional questions, kind of get a sense of where the team was at and uh, set up a good conversation to get some ongoing dialogue going over time, the kind of thing that you want to explore uh, time after time in a retrospective so that a team improves in all the ways that ideally they should if they're doing Agile well and they're adapting continuously. In this instance, I think I was helped by the fact that the retrospective had been scheduled. Well, I scheduled it, so I set it up. So I had a time frame where I had to do the prep work. The hardest thing was to stop myself, to get to a graceful uh, point where I could pause in the coding effort and uh, shift that focus over. I think you've probably already heard in my tone of voice in describing some of the things that I dug into, that what worked for me here was identifying the curiosity and really feeding it, uh, going into maybe a little bit of a click trance, but in a good way to just do some more reading and discovery uh, then having a bit of a deep think to distill and ultimately coming up with some activities and a little bit of structure for this retro that I think ultimately went pretty well. I think having good expectations of myself and what I wanted to get out of this exercise with the team was helpful as well. It can be easy sometimes, I think, to get a little overly ambitious and sit down to think that we have to do something really large in order to be valuable or effective. And that's not necessarily the case. It's more important, I think, to clearly identify what you want to accomplish. Is it a decision that you want to make? Is it a question that you want to answer? Or is it just a conversation that you want to have to identify some questions? These are all fine. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. Again, I think a lot of the things that we might struggle with motivationally are things that we have to tackle again and again. And the sheer weight of that repetition and the larger time scale when we sit back to think about it can be overwhelming and can kind of deaden any energy and enthusiasm we might bring to it. If we focus then a bit more on the small, really all I want to accomplish today is X, then we can, at times of high energy perhaps, uh, tackle that larger, okay, what are the ongoing themes that are coming out of, in this example, a series of retrospectives? What things are we not getting at that we probably could get at more deliberately? What things do we want to call out as uh, positives to help other people's energy and motivation lift up, to create a, an emotionally safe space where people feel charged ready to go and at their most creative. I think one of the biggest challenges for me in terms of motivation and energy as I continue to think about this as we're talking about it here is that for any given instance where I feel a lack of um, energy, I feel sort of dull inertia, uh, overcoming that certainly is rewarding in and of itself, but 
but I don't feel necessarily like it helps me the next time around per se. Uh, maybe it's because of sort of confirmation bias that we dwell on uh, the positive much more, or the extremely positive rather, and the extremely negative, and maybe not so much on those interesting tipping points where we shift from one to the other. Uh, it's worth, I think, perhaps pursuing practices like I've been uh, in recent months uh, to observe mindfulness that help us still the mind enough to better recognize uh, the full range of experiences that we have. This might better equip us then to sit down in any particular moment and de- grapple a bit more deeply and thoroughly with these sorts of challenges like with creativity, inspiration, motivation, and energy. Beyond that, I, I guess that's a bigger question that uh, we're kind of running out of time to dig into and might save for another time of how you have sort of large-scale motivation. And maybe on the professional side, it's a little easier to talk about that in terms of job satisfaction and engagement, career direction and growth, those sorts of things that that we perennially come back to. There's even some structure on uh, that side of our lives if we're fortunate enough to work for a living at creative pursuits. In our individual pursuits, I don't know. I guess it's that... Uh, why we take on big ambitious projects uh, in the first place and and maybe building in how times and and ways to remind ourselves of of what that sort of desire is maybe visualization can help here having a clear idea being able to see it sense it touch it very clearly what the finished product is going to be like equips us to keep at it despite these uh, ebbs and flows in the day-to-day Uh, feeling that we have towards it. Sometimes it's massively positive. Sometimes it's massively negative. A lot of times it's just somewhere in between. If we can perhaps harness the incremental progress that we make, the feeling of overcoming a bit of inertia to produce that progress to how that fits into the larger scheme, maybe that's helpful motivation-wise. I know that doesn't always help me. Again, I think that's a worthy question that might just warrant some of its own time to dig into. And often, I think, just in addressing things in the small, the large sometimes can just take care of themselves. If we attend to the thing that's immediately in front of us, using some of the the strategies that I've talked about in the last little bit here, then the bigger picture often takes care of itself just by that inch-wise approach to it. Anyways, I'm curious as always to hear what your experiences are when you're struggling for motivation and better yet, when you're successful, if you're able to recognize what it is that helps you harness energy, create energy, and keep moving on the things that you really enjoy doing and feel most proud in terms of your productivity and your output. As always, I'm happy to hear those and to share those with everybody else. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, I want to thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the program, please do tell a friend. If you have a question, suggestion, or correction, you can send those to feedback at thecommandline.net or you're welcome to record a bit of audio with your smart device and send it to the same place. Until next time, don't forget to hack your world. I would like to thank the Internet Archive for media hosting and bandwidth. The views expressed on this program are my own and where applicable those of my guests and in no way reflect those of my employer or anyone else. This show is produced from 100% recycled bits. Except where noted, permission to recycle those further is granted under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. 
that means you're free to change this show as much as you like as long as you don't alter credits and you share your changes under the same license. 